how China owns about a third of the U.S. debt. It's actually a lot more than that. And they also own a lot, own a lot of politicians on both sides of the aisle. So it wouldn't at all be inconceivable that politicians in America, just like Canada, are directly on the payroll uh, of, of Beijing. The background for this, of course, is that the Trudeau government did two acts of treason. They removed all restriction on Chinese foreign investment in Canada, and they brought in the Foreign Investment Protection Act within a week of Trudeau coming to power. And FIPA allows China to station security troops, including military on Canadian soil. Obviously, Trudeau has handed over the West Coast uh, to China. One of the main ways they're coming in is through the superport in Prince Rupert. And it's really about the extermination of the human race. That's what we're facing. And it's, it's the biggest threat we've ever had as a species. And when people awaken to that, they realize it's now or never. Our lives are at stake. Our children's futures are gone unless we fight and resist to the death. This is a war to the death. With the global economy being in shambles and central bankers moving towards a reset, it's never been a better time to protect your wealth by owning precious metals. Contact Andy at milesfranklin.com. Tell him Sarah sent you. He promised me he will guarantee you the lowest price anywhere in the country. Remember, email andy at milesfranklin.com and tell him Sarah sent you. It's never been a better time to protect your future than now. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. This show, I'm welcoming Kevin Annette back. We have a lot to discuss regarding the buildup of China in Canada and the United States. We discuss what this means and how we can realistically fight back. Kevin warns, though, that to really fight back, people must remove the mental constraints and realize your own right of sovereignty. You know, most of this really is in our own minds, and we create these constraints that we are not free, that we do not have control in our own mind, and we're afraid to take those steps. And so we discuss that. But before I get into the program, I want to give you an update about my new TV subscription channel that will allow you to watch shows on Apple TV, Google TV, Roku, and much more. Unfortunately, it's still being worked on, and it'll take a few more days to be up and running. So please be patient because it is coming soon. You can, though, go to TV and subscribe already. It's just I'm working on getting a lot of the content up because that's not happening. It's more of an administrative thing. It's it's nothing to be worried about, but it's coming. And then also a reminder that the hearing of We the People versus Google is scheduled for this Monday, the 2nd at 9 o'clock a.m. Pacific time. It's open for the public and we want as many people as possible to attend. We want thousands of people. We want to tell Google that people care and enough of this crap that we're all dealing with with censorship. And the more of you that attend, the bigger message that we'll be sending that we do not like this. We are not going to put up with it anymore and you better fix your nefarious ways. You can find all the details on how to get on that at sarahwessel.com. There's links and instructions for watching. So just look for the article on We the People versus Google, and you'll find all that information. Okay, now let's get into my interview with Kevin Annette. Hi, Kevin. Welcome back to the program. Good to see you again, Sarah. Yeah, I am really anxious to talk to you because, as you know, I've been following the Chinese developments on our borders, and I don't know anybody that has been really researching it more than you firsthand. 
Can you talk about what you're seeing from a Chinese military up in Canada right now? Well, personally, I've seen Asian troops uh, doing maneuvers on Salt Spring Island. I went to check out this. Uh, there was a YouTube posting of Chinese women in fatigues jogging down the roads in Salt Spring Island, which is right near Vancouver Island, so right on the West Coast, Canada. And sure enough, I went over there. There were uh, army vehicles. They didn't have insignias of any kind. They were just, you know, khaki colored vehicles, but they weren't Canadian military vehicles. Um, there were also two other reportings of Chinese naval maneuvers near Comox, which is where the main U.S. and Canadian naval bases. Um, also, I mean, a lot of other things are happening on the ground <clears throat> besides the overt military presence. The uh, All the malls in the mid Vancouver Island area have been bought up by one Chinese woman. She's a citizen of China. She's not even a Canadian. She immediately ordered that anyone entering those malls had to have a medical test, not simply masking, but a temperature and medical test. And when a number of people got out their placards and began protesting that, there were six RCMP cars that showed up immediately. They cuffed everybody and dragged them away. Oh my God. Just for standing on a public sidewalk protesting when they took on this, uh, you know, this mall now owned by the basically the Chinese. And the Nanaimo City Council went along with it. You know, there are a lot of other indicators. Now, the, the setting of the background for this, of course, is that the Trudeau government did two acts of treason. They removed all restriction on Chinese foreign investment in Canada, and they brought in the Foreign Investment Protection Act within a week of Trudeau coming to power. And FIPA allows China to station security troops, including military on Canadian soil. So um, this is happening as we speak. Another indicator is that one of the few remaining artillery regiments in the Canadian Army on the West Coast, they were stationed at Seaforth Armories in Vancouver. They've been withdrawn to the east. They're not in British Columbia anymore. So why would Canada pull out some of its last military units, land you know, units from Vancouver? Uh, obviously, Trudeau has handed over the West Coast uh, to China. One of the main ways they're coming in is through the super port in Prince Rupert, which is up near the very area where a lot of native families and women have gone missing. And as I think I mentioned before, the if you trace the line where a lot of these disappearances happen, it's right along the line of the liquid natural gas sites, which are now owned. And we know for a fact, having worked for many years with native people in that from their stories and journalists and other, and cops who, who I've spoken to, it's clear that death squads being sponsored by China are operating in that area to terrorize people off the land, to secure it, not only to grab the liquid natural gas, but to settle Chinese colonists who have come in illegally, uh, settle them all through North and Central British Columbia. So this is a fact that's happening as we speak. Well, and what is interesting is here in the United States, they're talking about the Western states succeeding if Trump wins. And it seems like those three governors would be in cahoots with the Chinese. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we know. I mean, you know, it's been talked vaguely on the media now and then about how China owns about a third of the U.S. debt. It's actually a lot more than that. And they also own a lot, own a lot of politicians on both sides of the aisle. So it wouldn't at all be inconceivable that politicians in America, just like Canada, are directly on the payroll uh, of, of Beijing. It's interesting too, they, they, basically the civil war that's being incited all over America um, is 
happening with Chinese money. I mean, if I was them, they're students of Sun Tzu and the art of war. They know that the way you defeat a bigger enemy is to get that enemy to destroy itself. You don't attack them frontally. You get them to destroy themselves from within. And I see that happening all over America. And people have got to stop fighting each other and turn on this common foreign enemy, which is, you know, taking over everything as we speak. So, um, you know, it, it's just, uh, it's a way of, of history, but I mean, it's happening right now on our shores. Well, and they keep pointing to Russia. They keep pointing to Russia. Right. And is that, distraction. yeah, it's a distraction. It's the politicians who have their, and our media, my God, our media is completely bought out. Even our major institutions are Harvard and, um, I don't know how much Stanford is, but it sure looks like it. Silicon Valley. We know that Google and YouTube and all those all those guys are in bed with China. They're actually using them to to look and see what's truth or not. How can you use Chinese people to do censoring? You know, for truth, well, disinformation. It's interesting. I, I have Chinese friends, but they've lived in Canada for generations, and they don't like the Chinese invasion, right? Just because everyone is Asian doesn't mean they're all in the same thing a lot of canadian chinese people are very upset over this um but you know it's really interesting because even in the system you get acknowledgments of this 10 years ago um a guy called richard fadden he was head of the canadian security intelligence service that's like our cia right or at least they like to pretend they are um the CSIS director fadden said that the chinese government has been systematically infiltrating uh, the government in British Columbia for over 10 years. And that was 10, 10 years ago. So we're talking since the turn of the century, this has been going on. He said, especially the resource ministries, forestry, mines, water, all of that, they just own it now, they run it. And uh, it was interesting. We just had a provincial election last week in, in BC. And of course we said to people not to vote because we're operating from within the jurisdiction of the Republic of Canada, which doesn't recognize Crown jurisdiction, but we also said don't vote because the lieutenant governor uh, has now assumed total power in British Columbia. He can write any law. He's above the law. You can't sue him. So you've got a one-man dictatorship, and the the, the uh, reigning party in power, the NDP, has been returned with a bigger majority. So you see, it's all set up to have one guy rule. He's like the puppet of Beijing, and he can bring in any measure. The law doesn't apply anymore. Uh, we live in a complete one-man tyranny now the behest of a foreign power. And I, you, you're going to see the same thing happens in, in all the Western states, I believe, in America, that kind of uh, COVID provides a perfect cover for it, of course. Absolutely. Have you seen the what they're doing on the uh, economic forum, the World Economic Forum, as it relates to COVID? Well, people should see my little documentary that I did um, on this, and it shows how everything goes back to COVID. It's like, 200 layers deep replanning the entire world with COVID being the catalyst. And it was up there by the June 9th is when this, the research was done on it. So it was up there from at least the end of May. We don't know. I don't know exactly how soon it was up. There's no way they could have put this much detail up there that quickly. It's been planned for decades. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's really a time for, for people to, to say, look, Bottom line here is if you're a patriot and you believe in the constitution, you believe in a republic, you have to put aside all the political differences and unite here. Otherwise there won't be in America. There won't be you know, any, anything here but a, a colony of China. And people have to realize that the Democratic Party right now and a lot of people in the Republican Party are bought out and we have to fight back. 
and I think you're absolutely right. What the Democrats used to stand for just 10 years ago is not what's going on right now. Right. Well, you know, it's, that's the thing to realize that in a lot of the work we do, people often say, well, shouldn't you vote? Uh, Shouldn't you try to use the courts somehow? You say no, because they're not operating anymore. People themselves have to do it. And that's why a lot of the work that we've been doing has been building these uh, Republic assemblies. And it's relevant to the whole China discussion because we're working all over the country now. We have tremendous support, but the area where it's been attacked the most is in British Columbia on Vancouver Island. I personally, since February, have, have created 11, helped to create 11 of these assemblies around BC. Eight of them are now destroyed. Same tactics, you send people in when I'm not there, you start spreading rumors, Actually, they're rehashing the RCMP smear campaign from 20 years ago um, they used when I was doing the residential school campaign. And people are offered money. As a matter of fact, uh, somebody after the Parksville assembly was destroyed, they had passed a law saying banning COVID measures in their community. And that eventually was passed as a national law within the Republic. But um, after they did that, they were approached. And one of the people who was at the meeting wrote an anonymous letter about this saying, it was an unidentified plainclothes cop. He said that anyone who, uh, you could all face prosecution for defined COVID measures, but you'd be exempt if you turn against Kevin Annett, throw him out of the assembly and have nothing to do with the Republic. And this is like the exact tactic they used 20 years ago, cons, you know, divide and conquer, get people afraid. And yet it's not happening anywhere else in Canada, really. It's only on the West Coast. So I, that's obviously again, part of this China agenda. The last thing they want is citizens to be organizing in their own assemblies, passing their own laws. You know, they can't have that democratic process. They've got to wipe it out and they have. Uh, So we're operating more off the radar now, but the point is that's another sign of what's going on here on the coast, the West Coast. How are Canadians doing? I know in the United States, we have a very mixed group here where I, I really do think there's a lot of people fighting back. We believe, a lot of people believe Trump is at least uh, not pro-China. I don't know, really, but it looks like his moves, his actions have been have been positive for freedom and allowing things to go, but I, I can't 100% um, confirm that. But it, I, at this point, support Trump because of his actions. What are you seeing in Canada? About that? Just in general, yeah, both, on both fronts here. You know, I, uh, there's an old saying, um, I forget who said it, but I like it. It's, uh, no one can rule guiltlessly. So when you're in a position of power, uh, oh, the other quote, biblical quote I like is, do not put your trust in princes. As in, at that level of power, the deals that go on and the arrangements being made, we can never know about. That's just a simple fact. And you know, people's bottom line, ultimately, whoever is officially in power isn't necessarily in power, you know, Um, and there's stuff going on. So I can't judge one way or the other. All I do know, I I, I go on what I know from experience and what we see in our own life. And that is, it's really up to people themselves to mark the ballot for yourself. That's the whole point that we, the people have to take back power in our own communities. And it, as well-intentioned as people can get, and we use in the system to look to, you know, it's that old saying, I wouldn't be a Moses to lead you in the promised land because if I could lead you in, I could lead you out again. Um, sure. Right. We don't, we don't need people to lead us. We ourselves 
have to be really disciplined about that to start thinking in terms that's what taking sovereignty back in your own mind is all about um we're not we've been raised to always think in terms of somebody else doing it for us so just in principle without coming down and don't forget when we come down on one side or the other that only benefits china right americans need to look past the election and and the presidential issue and who's doing what to their basic identity the fact that we have more in common than we realize and we have got to start focusing on that and not our differences right yeah the the thing that we're worried about is that we know that um, Biden is 100% aligned in that direction. We know he's going to, he has been selling out the United States. And it looks like Trump has been fighting that exact thing. His actions show that he's been fighting it. But you're right, you don't know underneath what's really going on. But if you're going to vote, you should vote in a direction where the actions look like it's protecting us in that way. And then I'm 100% with you to start coming up with ways that we can bring back our our sovereignty and how, how do we do that well it starts right here you know people are often and i've worked a lot over the last six months with seven months the different assemblies and 99 times out of 100 that's the first question people have is uh, can we do this now that's often a you know a canadian is more likely to say it than an american because we're raised with the idea that we're a subject of the crown right so it's a, a new way of thinking for for canadians but um what I say to them is when we pass this law banning COVID measures, they, they would say, is this lawful? I'd say, I don't know. What do you think? Is this lawful? Is it legitimate? Do you have the mind? And if, the, if they don't, and most people don't believe they do, you've got to start there and say, why do you believe that? Um, a measure that's brought in by the government, these COVID measures, has no power whatsoever unless you comply with it. If you say no, it's just words hanging in the air. It's only Nothing's ever done to us, it's done with us. It's done with our compliance. We say no, and that we've shifted the energy. It's an energetic thing. We're taking it back into ourselves. An impact, we've already proven that. You know, the 30 of us who forced genocide onto the agenda of Canada just kept, like Sun Tzu says, whoever sets the terms of battle wins before the battle's ever fought, right? And, and the problem with the protest movement about COVID is that we're simply reacting all the time to the government or to the big farmer who's ever calling the shots, right? They bring in masks, we protest masks. But if you're just reacting to your opponent, they've already won the battle. We have what, what the issue is. It's a police state, not a virus. It's about us reestablishing direct democracy in our communities through assemblies, through our common law courts and sheriffs. And that's where our energy has to go. And as people do that, they learn the sovereignty. It isn't just taught to them out of a book or a seminar where you go to learn about common law. You have to go through an experience and get whacked a few times and realize, okay, <laughs> my children's lives are on the line over this. We have to do this because our lives isn't just a nice idea. So, I mean, that's kind of the general approach, but there's a lot of other examples and resources we can rely on for that. And the fact we've, we've gone, to give you an example, on the East Coast, our Republic assemblies there, they started in Halifax with three people back in April. They're now over 200 because and these are active people going out and and you know taking back the community in so many ways and so that example has to be shared of how it can happen in america you're even further because you're already carrying around the idea that you're in a republic you have a constitution in theory that is the ultimate law you are your own sovereigns i mean you're raised with that idea i think i don't know i didn't go through the american school system but i assumed you have that idea right 
Well, that's what we're trying to fight for. And I think that a lot of people say that we don't have it and you're in an illusion and you don't, you're fighting for something you don't have. And I, I, that's why I like the actions of Donald Trump way more than Biden. No, I know I'm positive one way or the other about Biden. The Trump stuff, you know, people say he's a puppet and he's not really who he is. And, and I, I have to look at actions and the actions make me believe that he's a lot better for, I mean, he seems like he's acting in our best interest, but you're right. Even if that, even if we, it's better to vote for him than Biden because Biden's going to take us right down the direction of China right away. And then Trump is fighting that. But at the end of the day, we still have to be able to take back our power and our local governments and our local communities. And I, and I agree with you a hundred percent on that. So that's where we stand. But I think the number one concern though is right now is how much time do we have? Is China going to actually do a military coup? Because this is the, the question that we have. We know that the Democratic Party has war gamed this out. Unless Trump wins by a landslide, they're going to do whatever they can to fix the election. If Trump wins by a landslide, then there is plans for a, a military coup here to take Trump out. And we are seeing buildup of Chinese troops on the southern border and on the Canadian border. And then the West Coast states are talking about succeeding. So I'm worried if there's a landslide victory, which it looks like there could be, that we are next, the next phase is they're going to try to um, do a coup. And is China involved in this? Because with all these military troop buildups, it looks like they are. I don't think they have to do a coup. I mean, it's kind of like when people say, oh, are the cops going to come to my door? No, because, and, and you know, there's been a lot of stuff out in, can in the Canadian alternative media about this leak uh, document got leaked that they're setting up internment camps. Well, they don't need to set up internment camps because there's not enough of a threat coming from people. You know, you only throw people in camps when there's, they threaten the system. And Canadians are certainly not, by and large, they're all complying. So the concentration camp is right here in our head. People lock themselves away and are too afraid to act. And that's what we have to be concerned about. Um, as for elections, I mean, don't forget, if you step back from looking at all the party differences and the personalities, you know, you look at the nature of a system and we live in a corporatocracy now. We don't live in a democratic system. It's, it's mega corporations that run the planet and they call the tunes regardless of who's in. Justin Trudeau just ordered from AstraZeneca, it's this big pharma company in England, they just ordered 20 million doses of an anti-COVID vaccine. AstraZeneca has been brought before courts for killing children, for issuing fake test results, and th this is the, the, the company involved in issuing vaccines. Trump administration ordered 300 million doses of the same thing from the same company. So regardless of who's saying what, money rules. Okay, and if we get fixated on the personalities, we forget that simple fact and we get blindsided. And that's why it's not about personalities, it's about the system we're dealing with. You're like, you know, remember Sarah, over the years, our campaign about genocide, we never talked about, well, yeah, we put various individuals on trial, but we're always talking about genocide as the system, with the system of government and big money and the churches. We always focused on the institutional issue, not, you know, this, the queen's a lizard, take her out. Um, it's not about bad guys or good guys. It's about the nature of what we're in. And so that's a good litmus test, I think, for a lot of what we do, just, you know, to keep the bigger view. Yeah. And I think you guys are in a much more dire situation because you have a complete dictatorship going on right now. And 
we oh, yeah. actually have some courts that are being revamped and with more following our constitution. And so there are some district courts, there are some courts that are being converted back to a functional court. So there are some bright spots, but at the same time, we have this civil war going on. So, you know, uh, it's hard to know exactly. Um, and, and Trump is leading the case, the cause of revamping these courts so that they're following the Constitution. That I like a lot. That's a big deal. You have, an, you have the advantage in America of that, that tradition. Uh, you know, John Adams said the, the freedom of America depends, depends solely on the independence of its courts, right? As, as the watchdog on the, on the executive and on Congress. I mean, so it's something that Canadians can conceive of because we don't have any of that in Canada. Everything's run from the Privy Council, which is the Queen's body in Ottawa that runs the country, right? Um, so it's a huge, well, there's a huge disadvantage in Canada because of that, but there's a huge advantage be, be, because it's such a new idea. It's an exciting idea for people. They've never thought in terms of, of a republic and what that means, that they can govern themselves. They are, they're the sovereign, not some idiot in London, right? So um, it, it's catching on for that reason. It's very exciting to watch, actually. I haven't had this response to any of the initiatives I've helped in ever. This is the best response I've ever had. And this is why the takedown and the attacks and smears are increasing enormously, right? Well, and I think that's our big fight of this day. You know, even in the United States, even if we do reinstate our court systems and we have things going, we still have the city of London running our Federal Reserve. And so we have to be able to take that back as well. And there's a lot of underlying things that that is going on too. But without taking that back and without getting out, and when you look at COVID and what the world economic system is doing with COVID, you know, all, both of, all of us are screwed, being honest. And I don't like to use that word, but we're all hosed unless we break that system down mm -hmm. Be, because it's very powerful and it has a lot of money behind it. And that's why I like what you're doing because you can at least have pockets of freedom here and there. Mm -hmm and build a groundswell of people saying, heck with this, we don't accept it. I love the fact that you guys said, made it illegal for the COVID actions. People are very brainwashed and they think that you're being selfish if you're not wearing a mask. I'm in an area that is very, you know, St. Paul, Minneapolis, yeah. and they are very brainwashed. Yeah. And it's very serious because our media here, and just like in Canada, except Fox News, which is half and half, I can tell they're controlled opposition, they're all brainwashing people 24-7. It was funny. The other day I was watching an American football game and uh, everyone in the stands is sitting there tight together, no masks. The trainer and the, and, and the staff down at the field are all masked. The players out on the field aren't. So I remember writing to somebody saying, I guess the, bug, the virus only hangs out down near the benches, right? There's no bug up in the stand. Like, it's so absurd that anyone with a brain can look at that and say, well, obviously they're not concerned about a virus, right? Well, there was one, right? <laughs> well, the whole virus is, it's the, suddenly the flu disappeared if you looked at the numbers. And then, and then, yeah, it's, it's crazy. There's something out there, but it's not quite what we think. So you're not concerned about a military um, actual, China ever doing that, or at least in the near future, because that's just not how they operate. Well, it doesn't make sense to, when you bring a military 
you create opposition. There's an obvious threat there. If you have People's Liberation Army troops on the streets of Vancouver, it's going to be blatant. They, they, that's not how you rule. That's not what Sun Tzu says about how you, how you rule. Like, you know, the old saying is America lost in Vietnam because they were thinking like in the European terms of warfare, Napoleonic, you know, you just go in with the big battalions and crush everybody. Uh, but the Viet North Vietnamese won because they were thinking like Sun Tzu. They were thinking guerrilla warfare terms, which is you outthink your enemy, you outmaneuver your enemy, use their weight against them. Um, you know, and so that's how what's going on now, the whole China agenda, they're operating according to that handbook. And that is you don't do blatant things. You just maneuver in the background. You get the enemy to destroy themselves and fight each other. You never attack what's strong. You always attack what's weak the weak point where they're vulnerable. And, and so, no, I don't think they'll have to necessarily, unless they're not getting their way. And don't forget from their point of view, they've got 2 billion people to feed. Where do you think they're gonna go for the resources? They're gonna come right here and grab it all as they've grabbed a lot of Canada, the resources, uranium, water, oil. Yeah, Canada's the easiest to take. And I think you guys are just yeah. being sold out by the city of London. Always have been, uh, English and then the Americans, now the Chinese, it's all the same game. It's just a different flag doing it now. Yeah, I think so. And I, you know, the, it, it reminds me of soccer, American soccer versus uh, English soccer. Actually, you think, you know, English soccer is more like the art of war with Chinese. They, and the more the South American, the Brazilians, they all play a much more controlled, smart game. Whereas the U.S. is just like, wow, you know, they're just so in your face about it. And they've been, they're never, they can never win. And they've had to change the way they do it. And it's the same thing. They just play a more strategic, smart game. Right. And if you don't play that way, you lose. No matter how athletic, no matter how strong and big you are, you lose. Right. Yep, that's true. The little guys were winning. And, you know, that's because they, they're outsmarting you. So, and, and that's what you're seeing. And I think that they have strategically taken over a lot of our Indian reservations here in the United States. Are you seeing that as well? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, on the coast, years ago, I learned as a minister in Port Alberni, I learned that a lot of the drugs were coming in through the local Indian reservations. The RCMP and the chiefs would, would bring in, they called it the white band. It would come every Friday night. The drugs would come in from offshore and probably people too. It's human and drug trafficking. Uh, and were brought in and everyone knew about it, right? It, and in the Vancouver port, there are whole areas that the police cordon off where all the drugs and arms and people are trafficked in, right? Um, and so the native chiefs have played a big role in that for many years. The reservations are federal land. Don't forget, in, Indians don't own their own land. They're all wards of the state. The land's all owned by, quote, the crown. Although now under the Republic, we've abolished that jurisdiction. And we say now to people that it's interesting. I don't know if you know this, but Magna Carta, which is kind of the foundation of common law, going back to England and the 1215. Magna Carta says in section 61, if the crown has offended people and violated the Magna Carta and uh, uh, violated the rights, people can seize anything of the crown up to the life and person of the king and his family. Anything else is fair game. You can seize the property, castles, lands of the crown. Well, that's all of Canada. And we've proven how the crown has defrauded and and you know, violated the rights of people all over the country. So we now legally under Magna Carta can seize the whole country. And that applies to any common law country, including America. International you know, law. 
which uh, trumps Absolutely. international law. But it's in our own tradition going. Yeah. Well, going back 800 years, it's in our tradition. It's not even international law. It's in the English common law tradition, which governs America, in theory at least. And, you know, and so, I mean, it's all there. The precedents are all there. We just have to act on it, right? We just have to do it. We've been very complacent for the last uh, probably 100 years. 100 go years ago, people were much more educated. Now, I'm also oh, yeah. hearing that in the Chinese, or I'm sorry, in the Mexican area, Mexico, that the Chinese have taken over the drug cartels um, for the most part, they have much control over the, the drug cartels. And so they are not happy with the next Mexican president. And there's a lot going on in Mexico as well. It seems like the United States is being surrounded. It seems like Canada has fallen, being honest, or close to it. And they're surrounding the United States. I'd say that's accurate. I mean, I know, uh, like, and you know, the evidence is so blatant, Sarah, it's, it's everywhere if you just scratch the surface a bit. Um, an example of that in terms of Canada is the, I mentioned about how the liquid natural gas sites are all along what's called the highway of tears, which is, there was some publicity for a while about all the missing native families. Um, of course, we've known about that for decades. They just wiped out all the time when they're in the way of these resource companies. But now the very guy, do you remember the organ trafficking industry out of the Chinese prisons where they kill several thousand yeah. people every year and traffic their organs? Yep. The general who was responsible for that actually sits on the board of directors of the subsidiary of PetroChina that owns these like, well, natural gas companies. And I remember 20 years ago when the bodies first started appearing, the police reports, and I got this from a Mountie called George Brown, who said the early police reports said that these bodies were missing organs. But then that was swabbed out of the police and the media reports at all to make it look like these were just random killings. But no, the, 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 there's the connection right there, right? It's, it's about all of these crimes happening all at once, the ongoing genocide, right? Well, the Uyghur Muslims are being persecuted now. And, you know, I just interviewed uh, Kay Rubachek, who is a director of Finding Courage. It's about a family out of China that is, was persecuted. They were sent into re-education camps. Right. And, they, and she actually interviewed dozens of former and current uh, Chinese Communist Party officials. And, uh, and she has a book out right now talking about it. But it is so eye-opening. It's not how we think here, but we're starting to see those elements come up everywhere. And that's why this is so serious, because if we don't fall in line, they re-educate you. And it's not, it's, it's not peaceful. Well, you know, that's the thing, the, the deeper nightmare here is that China has no tradition of common law, of democracy. Their Confucian and Mao system is you've got the one supreme ruler. They teach you everything. I remember a friend of mine, she was teaching Chinese students in a local college and they would copy out answers for each other. And she said, no, you can't do that. It's plagiarism. They didn't understand what plagiarism was because in their Confucian system of education, there's one truth, the teacher teaches it to you and you just copy it back to them. There's not the Western Socratic tradition of question and answer, you know, uh, that dialogue, challenging authority, that's all. It's, it, the, and so any semblance of that is gonna get wiped out when China takes over. And that's why we're, we gotta hold down to common law, common law, free conscience, the things that we fought for for so many centuries, that's what's on the chopping block. And uh, people gotta realize that who you're dealing with, right? But even China has lost their, their um, culture because the Chinese Communist Party 
one, some of the quotes that they're saying is there's, there's similar, they say they find similarities with other communist regimes, but there isn't that much similarities between the Chinese culture and the communism. And I mean, communism is just this dark controlling, yeah. it's bad. And the Chinese are suffering under that system because they've lost their culture as well. You know, because when they took over the emperor, well, it's, 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 yeah. You know, at the same time they they took down the czar, yeah. they took down the Chinese emperor, and Russia happened to get themselves out of it, but China's taken over the world with it. Well, you know, these political labels too. I mean, when you come right down to it, there's two systems of governance in the world: either people govern themselves or they're governed. You know. And, and what you get in, in the kind of corporate fascist system is very similar to what people call communism. It's the state and there's no, you know, it's big money merges with the state and they're the absolute ruler. There's no courts of law. There's no dissent, except very controlled dissent that they run. Um, and no checks and balances, none of that. No sense that the people are sovereign. There's one ruler over you, period. And that's the state. And you know, that's the system happening. It fits well with the whole corporate model because that's how a corporation runs. That's how the Vatican runs. The Vatican was the first yes. corporation on the planet. And that's yes. why Hit that's why the first power to recognize Hitler was Pope Pius XXII, the Roman pontiff, because it modeled exactly. He said fascism, and you can use communism, corporatism, fascism, it's all the same system. He said that's that system is what Catholic social doctrine teaches, right? There's one ruler. The Pope is the ruler of the world. I mean, that. Yeah. It's how much you distribute authority and freedom. Right. And you know, like what Janda always says, Dave Janda, and he says that Ronald Reagan used to say this, whatever you believe, think about Ronald Reagan. But he says it's not about left, right. It's about up, down. How much, right. how much freedom you have versus not have. And that really is true. And that's, I think, what you're saying here. Yeah, there's a totalitarian, in every political ideology, there's a totalitarian impulse and there's a liberation impulse from below. And that's why we form these assemblies, because if we're going to have a republic, it's the people themselves have to create it from the grassroots and the power always lies there. You know, it, it, you don't surrender your sovereignty just because you mark a ballot. You can all withdraw at any point. That's Rousseau's point uh, in the social contract, right? So where are we right now? Because it seems like we're at a precipice that if we don't fight back, we could lose. I mean, we're going to go into a, like Joe Biden says, a dark winter. I think that was code for, you know, we are going to have total control. When I look at the World Economic Forum, that's what they're going for. They want to completely restructure society under a state controlled regime all over the world. Yeah, and, and it's one corporate, it's one world corporation everyone will work for. They want people plugged in as components of a machine where your brain is literally controlled by the machine. I mean, we already know the technology exists for that. And it's really about the extermination of the human race. That's what we're facing. And it's it's the biggest threat we've ever had as a species. And when people awaken to that, they realize it's now or never, our lives are at stake. Our children's futures are gone unless we fight and resist to the death. This is a war to the death. Yeah. I agree with that. Unfortunately, I don't want to agree with you on that, but I think you're, you know, I did that documentary. <laughs> I don't for either. A reason. <laughs> I know, we don't want to agree yeah. with this. It's not funny. <laughs> it's like nervous laughter. This is serious. 
I know. Okay. Well, what can people do to hear? You have a radio show. People need to be listening to that each week because I know you're really trying to to really educate people and help people learn how to take back their sovereignty and understand what it means mentally because it's like you said, it's in their head. So when do you do your radio show and how can people follow you and let people know it's just so important? Thanks, Sarah. Yeah, it's every Sunday, 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 p.m. Pacific, bbsradio.com slash here we stand. So here we stand is one word, bbsradio.com slash here we stand. Uh, Murderbydecree.com is my traditional site with a lot of my books and everything on it. But the site of the Republic, which is our main work now, is Republic of Kanata. That's K-A-N-A-T-A, republicofkanata.ca. And uh, you can follow a lot of our work there. But it's it's just really important to um, take the knowledge and act in your own community now. That's where your power is. So if folks want to write to me, I have actually, I don't know if you have my new email. It's uh, ProtonMail, uh, angelfire101 at protonmail.com. I probably do, but I pull up whatever comes up first. <laughs> okay, well, excellent. Thank you so much. And we're going to have you back on a regular basis just because this is the fight of our lives. and. Um, we just yeah. we need to be talking about it so thank you so much thank you sir we'll get there <laughs>